Hey guys, it's Jules. And this is Sydney. From Q&As to vulnerable discussions about mental health, we bring you the Therapist Unscripted podcast. We will share advice and have honest conversations about the messy but beautiful journey of healing and self-discovery. New episodes every Friday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week, another Friday. Today, we're going to be diving into our fifth book club of, I don't know, the time that we've been doing our book club, I guess. Um, Super excited to dive into this one. It is The Mountain Is You by Brianna Wet- Weist? Brianna? Yeah, <laughs> Brianna. <laughs> and it explores, basically, it talks about what the book title says, the mountain is you. So the mountain being the block between you and the life you want to live. And so the middle man is the mountain. That's you. She talks about why we self-sabotage and how in order to have a new life, we have to lose our old one or our old habits that haven't really been working for us and transforming those into positive change. And it kind of goes off of like what we talked about last week with New Year's resolutions and setting intentions and all of those things, like what's stopping you from making that shift and that transition in your life. Right. Yeah. And I think we both have many examples to kind of support our, how we related to the book in, in a lot of ways. It's probably good for us to explain what self-sabotage actually is. So Self-sabotage is when people do, I guess, or don't do things that block them from being successful or prevent them from accomplishing their goals and their dreams and things like that. And this can happen on a conscious level. This can happen on a subconscious level. And it really affects all aspects of our life, our personal life, our professional life, our mental health, you name it. Well, and it's definitely like a self-help type of book in the sense that you're reading it and you're just, it's a lot of reflection on your life. The times that those things have popped up, we get into a lot of self-sabotage and um, releasing the past in this. And I think a lot of us live in fear of failure, live in fear of past patterns repeating themselves. And so I know even for myself throughout this book, I was like, definitely have done that. Definitely. Mm. Or I definitely continue to do this. And it's just nice to be aware of those things in order to know that they're not serving you and being able to consciously tell yourself, okay, how do we move through this instead of staying stuck in this? Right. Yeah. And you know, the first chapter talks about how kind of like what you were saying, Sydney, A lot of the things that we struggle with or that bother us are happening on a subconscious level and we're not really putting in the effort to deal with them. And that's why they continue to bother us time and time again. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, our subconscious feels one way, our conscious feels another way and they clash. And so we have to find a way to align them and get them on the same path, right? And we can't do that without really looking into our behaviors and our feelings and emotions and thoughts. Yeah. And like we talked about too, before we even started this, fear is the driving emotion that stops a lot of things or hinders a lot of progress. And for the fear of failure, we often, we do self-sabotage. We either stop before we fail or 
we try something and we make excuses for why we aren't able to do those things. And there was a really nice part in the book that talks about how when you're in a pattern of self-sabotaging behavior, you're often treating those excuses the same way you would treat measurable outcomes. So you're using them to make yourself feel momentarily satisfied mm-hmm. and using them as a replacement for the accomplishment itself. And I know I've done this starting something and being like, well, I tried it and then not completing it and kind of giving myself a pat on the back for it. But then that pattern just continues. Mm-hmm. So when we destroy ourselves physically, mentally, or emotionally, or deliberately hinder our own success and well-being while undermining personal goals and values, mm-hmm. which sounds intense because <laughs> we are the only person in our way when we're self-sabotaging, but we can make up a lot of other excuses as to why we're not doing things or completing goals that we have set for ourselves. Yeah. And I think the big push behind self-sabotage is our feeling uncomfortableness with change, right? Good change, bad change, no matter what kind of, no matter how positive the change is, it feels uncomfy. It's scary. Like, mm-hmm. We're not used to to being in that kind of environment or having that kind of dynamic or feeling that type of way about that thing. And which is so funny because that's literally the change is what we're striving for. And then we get there and we're like, oh shit. <laughs> I don't know how to be this. I don't know how to continue to do this. And I think that just for me is I do get to the point where I do start to accomplish my goals and kind of get to the finish line. But then I'm done and I don't continue to go through with it. And then I'm just back to square one. And I didn't even do it in the first place because I'm, I'm too afraid. I feel comfortable in the journey, but then once I get there, <laughs> nope, not feeling good here. I don't know how to just be in that. And so I think that's something I really got to put my energy mm-hmm. into. Yeah, I do that too. I Or I'll set a ton of goals for myself and just a complete one and then just move on to the next. And I never really sit with it or feel Mm -hmm. happy in it because I'm just chasing the next emotion or the next thrill of something new. And so I think that's my downfall too. And I liked in the beginning, something like you mentioned too, is we as humans are not, it sounds so weird, but we're not built to be happy. We're built for our comfort zone. And it talks about that a little bit in the book. We're built to be comfortable. And a lot of us strive for happiness and that's great. We deserve to be happy. We can be happy. We are used to that comfortable familiarity. And I talk about this so much with my clients too. And it's something I've really started to notice in myself. When I start getting out of my comfort zone and even feeling like Jules said, positive emotions, I'm like, this is not comfortable for me. Even though it's positive and it's happy and exciting, it's uncomfortable. And when you start to get uncomfortable, you'll notice a lot of things start to come up in your body, which I find interesting. Muscle tension or headaches or lots of change can cause that or it can cause it to be released through the emotions of anger or frustration or any of those emotions, even sadness. And so I find it interesting looking back to, I've been through a lot of changes this year and I never have struggled with migraines or headaches in the past. And I have had super debilitating headaches and migraines And most of the things that have been happening haven't even been negative necessarily. There's been some, but a lot of those have been happening during a lot of just big shifts in my life. And it's because your whole body, your whole routine, everything is shifting and you're going to feel that internally. And it's 
it's so interesting to me how that works. Yeah. You really you're you really have to focus on aligning your your body and your mind. They are connected and it does matter. You know, we literally have physical physiological responses in our body. You said like headaches and muscle tension and then but we also have a legit gut reaction. That's saying follow your gut. That's that's real. <laughs> we have a gut response to how we're feeling about things in the moment. And if we don't follow through with that, then it continues to manifest throughout your body. And so it's really important to tune into, okay, what's going on there? Why why am I having this response? Maybe I do need to take a moment, take a step back and kind of separate myself from my thoughts for a moment and mm-hmm. really understand what's going on in my body. And then maybe at that point, we can try to connect how we're feeling. Yeah. It's just so... Uh interesting to me how so much manifests in your body Mm -hmm. and when we start to feel those emotions come up it's not comfortable and so our initial reaction as humans is to get away from that feeling Mm -hmm. and that is to go back to where we're comfortable so if you find yourself being a person who starts a lot of things and never follows through with them or starts a lot of things makes excuses for why you can't finish them or even Jewel said she had mentioned I get to a goal and then I'm like, okay, dipping out. I'm going to do something else because we just, we are so predispositioned to always revert back to where we're comfortable. And so we'll talk a lot about self-sabotage, but there's a main reason why self-sabotage hinders us or the main part that hinders us from moving forward. And that's a product of low emotional intelligence that it talks about in the halfway through the book. So Brianna talks about instead of focusing on experiencing major breakthroughs, we need to focus on micro shifts. And then she kind of explores mental strength and the mental trick our brain plays on us. But that's a huge thing too, is when we do experience those shifts and we start to experience those things coming up, like whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, We want to just get through those feelings as quick as possible and get to the other side and experience change. And so last week when we were talking about resolutions and intentions, a lot of people said a ton of things and just want to experience that change without experiencing the levels of change to get there. And so instead of trying to just get to that goal, which is going to be really hard to just make that huge shift because our bodies will not, will not know what's going on. We're going to be like, what the fuck? Everything's going to feel out of whack, but making those micro shifts instead, taking one day and I love in the book, I talked about this, starting to set yourself up with the changes you want to make and what you're going to do tomorrow, what small change you're going to make tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And it just kind of builds and builds and builds. And that is solely just building that emotional intelligence to be aware of the self-sabotaging behavior and replacing it with those small positive changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think how she put it was there's a tipping point where we actually start to see progress mm-hmm. but there's not a complete breakthrough where all of a sudden we just feel amazing and it just happens overnight that's not how it works and in our minds we expect one day we're just gonna wake up and feel really good about it and that just never happens so you're okay. you're chasing an imaginary thing right mm-hmm. and like you said it's it's micro shifts it's small little moments where you feel like things really click it's mm-hmm the tipping point where you start to see success and see you achieving your goals, but you're, you have to continue to 
to do that <laughs> in yeah. order to really achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. And so I think we were going to, we wanted to talk about our self-sabotaging behaviors lately, just to, I don't know, humanize it. This is our experience. Maybe you can relate to some of these, but one thing that came up and I kind of talked about this last week, but I, I do love exercising My problem is just getting my ass to a class or the gym and those sorts of things. And my self-sabotaging behavior that I literally set myself up to not do anymore is I stopped going to an actual gym a year and a half ago. And instead I was just doing yoga classes, but the yoga classes, there's only four a day. There's one at 6 a.m., which I never wanted to get up for. There's one at noon, which it's in the middle of my work day. There's one at five, middle of my I, I'm at work still. And then there's one at seven, but I never wanted to go at night late. And I was setting myself up for failure and literally self-sabotaging because I want to go to yoga three or four days a week. And I just kept not doing it and I kept making excuses or I'd go one day and pat myself on the back and be all right, I'm good for a while. Um, And that's just a pattern I realized I was doing. And by setting the number of days I wanted to go, I was setting myself up for failure because I knew I wasn't going to do it. So I felt like shit not doing it. And then I was like, okay, well, if I get a gym membership that's open 24 hours, (laughs) I can't make those excuses for myself anymore. And this has not only happened with this example, but for example, I have started other goals or career paths and started them and didn't, you know, follow through with them or made excuses. And I just remember a couple weeks ago, I was like, what? Like, we can't keep telling ourselves we're going to go to yoga Mm -hmm. when we're not. And we know this and I think even small examples or small parts of our life that really do impact or impede other areas and those patterns can start to manifest in other areas that are maybe a little bit more important too. Yeah. And I I, I can so relate to what you're saying. <laughs> I do the same exact thing, but I for me, I started... I I noticed that I have to remind myself, why the hell did I want to go to the gym in the first place? I set that goal for a reason, but I've lost sight of the reason. I lost sight of the motivation. And when that, I think we had talked about this a few weeks ago, and maybe that's where this came from. But after just kind of thinking about it a little bit more, it gave me the space to remember, okay, what's motivating me to go to the gym? And really check into that. And that kind of mm-hmm. helped kickstart it again. But another thing that I started doing just I, on January 1st, not even for New Year's resolution or anything. I just start, was like, okay, it's Monday. Let's try it. But I made a kind of one of those, there's a checkerboard and then you can put stars on it or check it off with like yeah. or something. Yeah. And so I put, yeah, I put all my daily kind of habits that I really want to be tuning into. And then I wrote next to it why I want to, so I can remember why I'm trying to do that in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then each day I do what I put a check or a star in yeah. it. And I've been doing okay. it for four days now and 
It's feeling really good. And I feel it's almost just the fact that I could to go put the star. Put the star. Yeah. It's making me feel, okay, like I'm going to do this mm-hmm. again tomorrow. And it's really helping me set my intentions for the day. Yeah. Whenever they did big star boards at yoga, they did 21 and 31 challenge, 21 days in a month. And the satisfaction of putting it up there or competing, I don't know, <laughs> that got me going. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. But it's holding yourself accountable is the hardest part sometimes. Right. Well, and it gives you a visual of how often are you actually following through with what you say you're going to do? Mm-hmm. And why aren't you the other day? What's happening on those days? Is it your mentality? Is it that you actually were simply just too busy that day and you didn't make time for it? And I think that's going to be helpful for me. Yeah. Well, and I think too, something to mention and something that has like partly played a role in my self-sabotage is like doing things for yourself versus doing it for validation or doing it for other people. And so I think a big part of what I was doing, trying to, I don't know, go to yoga every day was to get the validation from teachers when I would show up or get the validation by being posting about it. I made it to a 6am. Are you actually doing it for yourself? Or are you doing it for, for others to be like, woohoo, good for you? And I think that's been a big shift I've noticed recently was the mountain was literally me. I was just right in the middle of it. And looking back on all of my past patterns or my past habits, I picked career choices because I thought that would give me more validation or give me the title I wanted in life. And if you're reaching for success, I love that it talks about this in the book, but if you are only reaching for success and think you're going to be happy with that success or with that title or with those things that you're doing, you are kind of setting yourself up for failure in a way. Of only reaching for that versus how is it going to make you feel? Like Jules said last week, what is the why behind it? Why are you doing it? Are you doing it for yourself because you're going to feel better and you're going to like doing it? Or are you doing it strictly just because you want that attention or that validation from other people? Mm -hmm. And I've noticed this recently too. I used to care that other people were seeing what I was doing in my life or what accomplishments I was making. And lately I've just, I have found myself scrolling less. I'm never on social media anymore. I'll post a few things here and there, but it's really nice to just be building those habits for just myself Mm -hmm. without the need for other people to be like, good for you. Yeah. Um, I'm the only person that really needs to give a shit about the things that I'm doing. Yeah. And I really like how the book put it. Success and money aren't goals. They're tools for you to live a a happy life or even just intense life. And so exactly how you put it, that's not the number one thing you should be striving for, but they do help you Mm -hmm. accomplish the things that you do want to be working towards. Yeah. And that's what keeps us moving and motivated as humans is the success of reaching your goal or money or whatever you want that to be. But if that's the only reason that you're doing it, I'd encourage you to dig a little deeper and find the actual meaning behind it. Because if you get to that goal and, okay, I'm making as much money as I wanted, but I don't feel happy, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Because that's not a that's not a goal that is, it is attainable but it may not last and you want to build those habits or 
I don't know how I'm trying to say it, but you want to set yourself Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And in I think it was chapter four. It talks about how arriving at our goal is just the first part. And then we have to learn how to sustain it. And the, the struggle there is that once we get that, we crave more. And then we continue to get into trouble because it's never going to be enough because we're always chasing something. And so how to get comfortable with that feeling of just wanting more and and really digging into yourself and maybe you're idolizing something that just simply doesn't exist or maybe you're trying to achieve something that really isn't going to make you happy and you just think it's going to make you happy yeah or I hate when someone for example I'll use Robin Williams as an example he he all by all means looked happy right he ended up dying by suicide but everyone was but he was so successful okay he was successful but he didn't have the happiness or the joy or those things something deep down was causing him a lot of pain mm -hmm. and maybe he was struggling with depression maybe other mental health issues but we as a society measure success so much by being okay if you're successful you're happy but there's so many other levels to us as people. There's so many other things about us other than just success. Mm -hmm. I know so many successful people that aren't really happy or aren't happy people because they're striving for the wrong things. Or they think that once they get this certain thing or they get this car, or they get this house that, okay, magically happy. And, you know, oh, that brings me to one of my favorite points of this book. Rihanna talks about how we get jealous and we have insecurities and we have regrets and we really need to tune into what those are because they're insights for what we really need to work on and reflect on in our lives. And yes, you see someone on social media, they got this brand new car, you want the car, but you get the car and then you're still not happy. And it's because it's not about the car. It's about something else going on deeper inside of you. And you need to really dig into that and figure out what that is. Is it that you want to be represented as someone who has the ability to buy that stuff? And why? Why does that matter to you? Yeah. What so, void are you trying to fill? Right. And it's focus, take the focus off of that main thing and try to figure out why are you doing that? Why does that matter to you? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of alongside inner child work too. Mm -hmm. What is, what from your past, what's coming up that you, that is painful, that's causing you to still have these habits into adulthood and a big shift. I've talked about this a million times, but I'm eternally grateful for my yoga teacher training because we did so much inner child work and the amount that I uncovered by just like Joel said, tuning into why I needed these things or why I needed to feel this way, what was going on. And it was just part of filling a void that other people in my life couldn't. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you know, don't have a good relationship with this person that was supposed to be a big part of my life, right? And so instead, I'm just going to be super successful and I hope that they they look at my life and oh, I should have been a part of it or they feel the void that I felt or it's that inner child kind of crying out for help in a way and how can you 
be the main caretaker for yourself? How can you caretake your emotions? And I just love inner child work. If you haven't looked into it or done it, or it's just a lot of inquiry mm -hmm. about why you are the way you are, what habits kind of go back to the way in which you were raised or the unhealthy patterns that you were modeled growing up mm -hmm. and what still is sticking and what needs to be released. Right. Yeah. I beautifully said. <laughs> I literally love it so much. And in the chapter where she talks about inner childbirth, she talks about how to take that pain and truly become a powerful person because of it, using all that pain and not I know everyone is like, the pain makes you stronger. And that's not always necessarily true. But how can you shift those patterns to become a more powerful version of yourself? And she talks about the need for planning in order to achieve these big dreams and live a meaningful life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can't force yourself to release the past, oh. but acknowledging it. Yeah. And I was just kind of thinking about how we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We have to get comfortable with failing because you cannot reach your goals without failing and then working through the failure. We can't ignore the failure. We can't ignore the disappointment. We have to move through the disappointment. Yeah. Like Jules said, that can be done through inner child work. It can be done through therapy. I know I did a lot of both of those, but you need to acknowledge what happened. And Knowing too that it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of painful emotions to move through that discomfort. And I think the problem that a lot of people find in therapy or doing inner child work or letting go of these unhealthy habits to become that powerful version of yourself is that going back to it's not going to be fun at all. It's going to, and I just want to be like so real with you guys. It it sucks. And you're going to have a lot of times where you're going to feel really shitty because you are unpacking or kind of taking the sheets off of something that happened a long time ago that you wanted to really keep buried. But even though it happened a while ago, if you still are feeling that it's affecting you, you're never going to be able to fully let that go and move forward mm -hmm. from it. Um, and I mean, Jules and I are therapists. That's what we do. We are like, you are holding yourself back, you're self-sabotaging, you're in your way. How can we help unpack all of that so that you aren't the mountain, but you're someone who's climbing it and getting over it and getting to the other side of it. Mm -hmm. I've had so many clients where they'll be talking about something and then I'll just ask them, well, how did your dad do that? Because they've brought up example in the past that kind of reminded me of whatever situation they were talking about. And they're always like, what does that have to do with this? But then as we dig into it, they're like, oh, I literally do this because that's what my dad did. And that's what I saw him, how I saw him handle the situation. And I'm not saying it's always your dad or your mom or, or whatnot, but that was just kind of the example well, yeah. I mean, it's a good example because your parents model those behaviors for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's an excuse that a lot of people use too, is, well, that's just what I saw growing up. Mm -hmm. And oh, you posted something on Instagram. I other, did. Yeah. It was something from a thread or a page that you had. Oh boy, I post um, a lot of things. <laughs> Here, it's this, and I loved it so much, I had to post it online too, but 
Um, it says, let's normalize. I'm willing to work on that instead of that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much because we're all modeled things that we, you know, that were probably a little unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's the way that your parents talk to each other or treated other people or treated you or, and I know I'm using parents too, but it's just, there's such a big part in, in shaping the person that you are. But it's not enough anymore to just be like, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. If you want to change and if you notice that there's things about yourself that are a little dysfunctional, if you just keep living your life with that's just that's just how I am or that's just the way that I was raised or, well, I can't seem to let go of all of these things that happen and it's literally defining you as a person, how do you move through that? Mm-hmm. Shift that from that's just how I am to I'm willing to work on that or how do we work on that? And Brianna said, just those small micro shifts, it doesn't need to be day and night progress in a week. Just acknowledging that I don't like that about myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love the self-awareness. A lot of people have developed, even just in therapy. Yeah. I hate that about myself and I want to change that about myself. And just, I always tell clients, yeah, it's not going to change overnight, but the fact that you just acknowledge that about yourself is huge. Mm -hmm. That is a step, even though it doesn't feel progress, that is a step in the right direction. How do we build off of that? Or we talked about, we reached the goal and we want to just stop because it's scary. How do we build off of that? How do we keep going? How do we move through it by not (laughs) self-sabotaging? Right. (laughs) And it's so much easier said than done. And I'm making it clear that it's not easy in the slightest. And it's kind of a long, I mean, it's your whole life, right? It's your life's work. For yourself to mm-hmm. understand and discover who you who you are and who you want to be and how to make that and make lists mm-hmm. I love lists lately I have a client who loves lists she just write she writes lists for everything literally I, I love it so much she's like in the, we're in the middle of a session she's like I, I need to make a list but just make a list of the small shifts you want to make the big shifts you want to make maybe make a little uh, category One being small shifts, two being the big shifts, the big changes you want to make over time. And starting with each day, writing things down. What do you want to do that day? What is one thing that's going to benefit you moving forward? Mm -hmm. For me, a small thing is I never have taken vitamins in my life. And so it's just so small, but I was like, okay, every day I'm going to take my vitamins. It's one thing. It's one shift to living that healthier lifestyle that I want or What's another example? I don't know, waking up and not snoozing your alarm. That's my biggest problem right now. (laughs) Ah. Because I mean, you know, we talked about this. You wake up, you snooze your alarm. It's just building those. It's yeah. It's just building those unhealthy habits. I do it all the time. I did it this morning. I'm pretty sure I did it yesterday. I did it the day before. What is 10 extra minutes really going to do for me? I don't really know, but in my sleepy state, I just need a little bit a little bit more, but then I was running late and then it starts your day off. Fuck, I'm late. And then you're stressed and then you're anxious. And so, yeah, that's something I want to work on too, but it's, it's just those small things, writing them down and just pen to paper, making yourself aware of it and then game planning. Mm-hmm. Yep. I learned the hard way that if I continue to snooze my alarm, I'm going to kill buddies with my car. <laughs> 
so the other day I literally I had told myself tomorrow I'm not gonna snooze my alarm I'm gonna get my butt out of bed and just get to work early do this and that whatever snooze the alarm and then I'm rushing to work and I'm going I'm speeding down this I'm going 60 62 and a 45 or some stupid thing like that I'm speeding down this road and all of a sudden this cute little white buddy just skirts across and I literally I heard it the thump and I killed that thing and I was broke into tears right because I'm just like if I had not seen my alarm I wouldn't have killed this buddy uh, but Anyways, sorry. That's so you're like I'm gonna kill more bunnies. Like literally, that's my motivation right now. <laughs> Not to did it get you up today? I did get up. I didn't get out of bed, but I woke up. So that's how fun. do you not get out of bed but wake up? I just sit up. Absolutely not. I have to throw myself out of bed. Okay, we're no feet I'm on the floor. <laughs> not I'm there. not there yet. I'm just sitting up. Well, no, I'm not there. I snoozed my alarm. I was supposed to get up at 7 today. I got up at 7.30. But I, yeah, I'm not there. But I literally don't think I could even get, stay in bed and sit up. Mm. I'm such a lazy piece of shit in the morning. (laughs) Like, I just am. I just am. It's just horrible. So hard in the winter. So this is us telling you how to turn that self-sabotage into self-mastery. As you can see or hear, Jules and I have not mastered it yet. You probably never will master all the things that you want to, but just starting being fully aware of what self-sabotage is, how to resolve it. And I just really recommend this book. It, I don't know, it's just a good self-help book. Some self-help books can be... Some can just be so fucking cheesy. Some I can't even get through. But this I really, really liked. This one was really relatable for me because it gave a lot of real life examples for what self-sabotage looks like. And in talking about what the inner kind of what your inner subconscious is trying to tell you when you self-sabotage. So that was kind of my favorite part of this book. I love too that it didn't just tell you things, but every section would tell you how to resolve it. So especially in the self-sabotage section, I opened a page and it says attachment to what you don't really want. And then the next paragraph is how to resolve this. Stop being attached to what you don't really want and things like that. I just really like that it, you know, sometimes it'll just give you a laundry list of things that you're doing wrong, but then it gives you a short little snippet of how you can fix that. But this really goes into depth of how you can resolve these unhealthy patterns that you don't want to be in your life anymore. Right. Highly recommend. Good book. Makes yeah. you really think about what shifts you want to make. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. Every Friday, we will be out with a new episode. And I just really appreciate all those who have followed along. If you have anything you want us to talk about, you can DM us on Instagram and we'll do a little Q&A episode or a little question and advice episode, whatever you guys kind of want it to be. But tune in next week. We'll have another episode ready for you guys. And As always, hope you have a great weekend. Good rest of your week. Take care of yourself and see ya.